focus on headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, first off, joining us in the studio, we have our reporter in Chai Yoongyung. Yoongyung, hello to you. Good evening. And joining us for the first time here on Korea Now is our new reporter for Focus on Headline, Hong Seung-yeon. Seung-yeon, welcome to our program. Good evening. Good evening to you as well. Well, we have a lot of issue at hand. Uh, we got, uh, first off, uh, the ever so concerning issue with the conflict between Israel and Palestine uh, with the uprising of the war between Israel and Palestine Lebanese militant group Hezbollah intervening dramatically increasing the rate of fatality over there eyes are on the new Israeli Palestinian conflict whether it's going to be extended to spread to other uh, members of the militant group out there Yungang, you're going to start us off let's get the details of that Sure, SJ. As armed clashes between Israeli military and Palestinian militant Hamas have entered their second day, the battle is still going on and deaths are soaring in southern Israel, where Hamas members have infiltrated. Aside from Hamas, Hezbollah, another militant based in southern Lebanon, has also fired mortar attacks on Israeli-occupied areas, raising fears of an escalation. The Israeli military said in a briefing on the 8th local time, that it had reassumed control of much of the southern part of the country where Hamas militants had infiltrated. But the battle is still going on in places where dozens of Israelis were taken hostage, the military added. Israeli military spokesman Daniel Hagari said that more than 400 Palestinian territories were killed and dozens of them were captured during the war that began in southern Israel and Gaza. In addition, the military plans to continue its search for Hamas militants who may be hiding everywhere while continuing to evacuate residents in the area. However, Hamas, which infiltrated the militants with mortar attacks on the previous day, claimed that it sent additional members to southern Israel. Amid continued battle between ground forces and Palestinian militants in southern Israel, rocket attacks by Hamas and retaliatory airstrikes by Israeli forces also continued. Uh, in the northern part of the country, Hezbollah, an armed Lebanese Shia Islamist militant group, appeared raising tensions. Hezbollah fired several rockets and mortars at the Israeli-occupied Sheba Farms, which borders Lebanon and Syria. Sheba Farms, attacked by Hezbollah, is also the area where territorial disputes are going on between Lebanon and Israel. Since then, Israeli forces have retaliated against southern Lebanon. Again, there's always been been conflict between Israel and Palestine for years and decades and decades. But of course, there's been sort of more of a ceasefire more than anything. Uh, but it has now turned on into a full on battle between the two sides with including the Hezbollah uh, right. getting in on this conflict, which again has uh, Hezbollah, which is supported by Israel's rival Iran involves in Hamas attack in Israel. What might be the possible threat in the region, according to some of the experts out there? Well, attention is now on whether militants from Syria, Yemen, and Iraq, which Israel calls Iran's proxy, would join the war. Hamas spokesman told the BBC that he received direct support from Iran regarding the Israeli attack 
adding that Iran has promised to join the battle until Palestine and Jerusalem are liberated. Although there were high-tech weapons and equipment such as Iron Dome and smart separation barriers, they suffered great damage from the penetration of armed forces, raising threats for Israel. Again, the Iron Dome is the defensive technology that they have with any kind of missiles being attacked towards Israel. They uh, usually shoot it down. It does relatively boast a high percentage of defense capability, but uh, there is still that small chance that it does uh, end up landing. And uh, this is quite concerning here. Uh, the Israeli government formally declaring war and uh, giving the green light for significant military steps to retaliate against the Hamas and for a surprise attack as the military labored into Monday to crush fighters still in the southern towns, uh, intensified its bombardment of the Gaza Strip. The death toll again has surpassed 1,100 dead and 1,000 wounded on both sides here. Sing let's get the latest updates on that. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, the number of casualties are steadily increasing as we speak. Death toll surpassed 1,100 in Israel and Gaza, foreign nationals included. Uh, the number of people who died in the Gaza Strip now stands at 493, Palestinian health authorities have said. Uh, 73 Israeli soldiers are killed also, and uh, the death toll includes 91 children. The number of uh, the injured is also steadily increasing. Uh, now, uh, 2,382 people have been reported injured in Israel, while 2,750 have been reported injured in Gaza, bringing the total number of injuries on both sides to over 4,800. And according to Zaka, an Israeli rescue service, as many as 260 bodies were discovered uh, near the music festival located in Lame Kibbutz, southern Israel. A video released on social media the day before showed uh, the gunman snatching music festival attendees or spectators fleeing the gunshots in a field near the stadium. And according to Reuters, Islamic Jihad announced that it was detaining more than 30 Israelis in Gaza after Hamas attacked Israel. And on the 7th, Hamas was thought to have seized at least dozens of individuals, including women, uh, children, and also the elderly, and transported them to Gaza as captives while intensifying its attacks on southern Israel. But the uh, precise number was not confirmed. Uh, and previously, the Israel Defense Forces, or the IDF, stated that a significant number of people had been taken without providing specific details. Islamic Jihad uh, commander Jihad al-Nakala stated that he would not free the Israeli prisoners until all Palestinians incarcerated in Israeli prisons were liberated. According to an Egyptian official, Israel has urged Egypt for assistance in ensuring the safety of the captives. And uh, as a result, according to reports, Egypt's intelligence chief contacted Hamas and Islamic Jihad to acquire crucial information. Uh, Egyptian diplomat also mentioned that the Palestinian authorities claimed they were in safe places in Gaza, but still uh, they do not know the overall number of Israeli hostages. Egypt, uh, which has uh, always served as a mediator in the Middle East uh, dispute, has continued to do so in the aftermath of Hamas attacks. Now, the biggest concern in this conflict between Israel and uh, Palestine is that there is a clear-cut 
uh, team forming here. There are a significant number of Middle Eastern and also Western countries that fully uh, support uh, Israel, let's say. And there mm-hmm. is a number of countries that are in full support of Palestine. And the big concern now is already with the Hezbollah over the ne- uh, Lebanon militant group getting involved with this. Whether or not this is going to break out into a full-on war uh, involving a number of other countries, that's the big concern. And we've always talked about mm-hmm. peace on the Middle East is uh, something that's difficult to come by. There's always been tension on in this region, especially in the Gaza Strip. And now because we are seeing this full-on uh, battle between the two sides here, big fear over other countries getting involved. But the U.S. Ford deployed the uh, the deployed the world's largest nuclear power aircraft carrier and increased fighters to support Israel as well. And this is an example of Western support of Israel. This is mainly, of course, uh, to support the security assistance for Israel, uh, block additional inflow of weapons uh, to the Hamas. Uh, Yung let's get more details on this front. That's right, SJ. The U.S. government quickly announced on the 8th that it will deploy an aircraft carrier strike group and provide military equipment to support Israel were attacked by the Islamic militant group Hamas. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announced the plan in a statement. He ordered General Ford's aircraft carrier strike group to move to the eastern Mediterranean. The General Ford, officially commissioned in 2017, is the largest existing aircraft carrier that can carry more than 75 planes. It is called a super nuclear carrier because it is equipped with electromagnetic aircraft launch system and forced landing devices. The ministry also took measures to increase the number of fighter jets in the region, including F-35, F-15, F-16, and A-10. Defense Secretary Austin said that the U.S. remains ready worldwide to further strengthen its deterrence posture if necessary. Associated Press analyzed that forward deployment of carrier strike group and additional deployment of fighter jets are intended to block weapons that could flow into Hamas and to monitor its activities. At the same time, it also shows concerns about the escalation of the conflict. The U.S. Department of Defense plans to quickly provide the Israeli military with necessary military equipment and resources, including ammunition. The Washington Post reported that Israel has asked the U.S. to supplement its defense system Iron Dome, small bombs, ammunition for machine guns, and information on military activities in southern Lebanon. So the thing with Israel is they are not a member of NATO. However, they are part of the close alliance of the non-NATO members. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe there were talks about before whether or not Israel uh, can be included into NATO. But there was a huge, uh, huge, uh, I guess, criticism towards that plan. And they're not in NATO. But again, being that they're close allies with the United States and other Western countries, you are going to see the support that they're getting here. But speaking of which, what's been the official position of the U.S. towards the Israel, uh, towards Israel during in the, the Israel-Palestine conflict? Uh, the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said that the U.S. is increasing military posture to demonstrate the ironclad U.S. support for the Israeli military and its people. He said that the U.S. will continue to closely communicate with Israel to ensure that Israel has everything it needs to protect its people from terrorists. Earlier, President Biden spoke on the phone with Israeli Prime Minister and promised full support again. According to the White House, President Biden's 
said in a press release that he committed full support to the Israeli government and its people in the face of unprecedented and horrific attacks by Hamas terrorists. Also, CNN reported that at least three Americans died during the conflict. So President Biden said that there is no justification for terrorism and all countries must unite against such cruel atrocities. At the same time, he reaffirmed his policy of providing security assistance to Israel. What's interesting is uh, we've also got some remarks from China and Russia as they express their concerns about the bloodshed between Israel and, and uh, Palestine, urging immediate ceasefire, not to mention some other remarks from other parts of the world. Uh, Singyan, let's get more on this. Sure. Uh, China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, stated on Sunday that they are deeply concerned, adding that China urges all parties involved to calmly exercise restraint, immediately ceasefire, uh, protect civilians, and not make the situation uh, worse. So the ministry went on to say that the fundamental way out of the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is to implement the two-state solution and establish an independent Palestine state. The two-state solution recognizes Israel and Palestine as separate states by splitting them along pre-1976 borders. Russian also stated uh, that ceasefire should be implemented immediately. Uh, Russian Foreign Ministry spokesperson Maria Zakharova called on uh, both Palestinians and Israelis to stop the attacks and the violence, urging both sides to show restraint and establish a negotiating, a negotiating process to build a comprehensive and lasting peace with the help of the international community. Russian news agency Interfax reported earlier that Russia is in communication with Israel, Palestine, and Arab countries. Uh, the West, notably the United States, condemned the Hamas attack and pledged support for Israel. Also, British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly uh, stated that the UK will always support Israel's right to defend itself and condemned Hamas' heinous attacks on Israeli civilians. French uh, foreign ministry also condemned the terrorist attack, saying the operations uh, against Israeli and its people are underway. Uh, now, uh, Germany uh, likewise declared a total solidarity with Israel, stating that the right of Israel to defend itself against terrorism is guaranteed under international law. Uh, it appears that positions are divided across Middle Eastern countries. Uh, President of Turkey advised the two parties should act reasonably and refrain uh, from impulsive measures to avoid exposing civilians to greater risk. Uh, some Middle Eastern governments, on the other hand, openly supported Hamas's attack. Ahuya Rahim Safavi, a military advisor to Iran's supreme leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, dubbed it a proud operation and backed Hamas's strike. Of course, you are going to get that kind of uh, backing from mm -hmm. Iran. And we did mention a large number of Arab countries, of course, in full support of Palestine, as opposed to a number of Western countries. And notice uh, the countries that we've talked about are largely NATO member countries. But again, Israel is not a NATO member country. They are part of that non-NATO members who have that tight-knit alliance uh, with, let's say, the United States, the UK, uh, France, and uh, uh, Germany, and so forth. And so again, we are already seeing teams forming. The only difference right now, and some people were saying, raising the issue, that it seems very similar to that of the Ukraine war. But the only difference with the Ukraine war is here is that 
Russia doesn't really have a whole lot of support in this mm-hmm. uh, invasion, right? Uh, it seems like uh, North Korea is, is the only country that's uh, dipping into this. China has largely been uh, staying away from the conflict, whereas now it does already seem like there is a full-on support for, from the, uh, for the Hamas. And so this could potentially break out into a massive, massive war. And that is the big concern here. Hopefully there is going to be a country like Egypt that's going to try to mediate a peace deal here. Uh, but for the time being, it certainly does not seem so. Uh, staying on the Israel-Palestine conflict issues, the United Nations Security Council has gathered to consult about the armed conflict between Israel and Palestine. You have South Korea attending the meeting as an observer. Uh, Yoongyan, let's get the uh, latest details on that. Yes, SJ. The UN Security Council on Tuesday began discussing an emergency response to rising tensions in Gaza triggered by the Palestinian militant Hamas attack on Israel. According to the United Nations, the Security Council convened an informal consultations meeting at 3 p.m. local time to discuss issues in the Middle East. The informal meeting was held by 15 Security Council members to discuss related issues, and the meeting was convened urgently on the 7th to discuss Hamas attack on Israel and the subsequent situation. South Korea is not a currently a member of Security Council, but participated in the informal meeting as an observer starting this month ahead of its entry into the Security Council as a non-permanent member next year. The meeting is the first unofficial council meeting in which South Korea will attend as an observer and Hwang Jung-guk, ambassador to the UN, attended as South Korean representative. Meanwhile, ahead of the Security Council consultation, Israeli ambassadors and Palestinian ambassadors held a series of press conferences to debate over the responsibility of the incident. Israeli Ambassador Gilad Arden held a brief press conference at the UN headquarters in New York before the UN Security Council Council meeting later in the day and urged the council to clearly condemn Hamas actions, saying that its attack constitutes a war crime. Ambassador Arden said that Israel is suffering from an unprecedented attack and the number of casualties at a catastrophic level, stressing that the attack is the Israeli version of 911. In response, Riyad Mansour, the Palestinian ambassador, responded in a following conference that now is a time to stop violence and bloodshed, lift the blockade, and open up political horizons to Palestine. Mansour said that Israel has said that blockade and repeated attacks on Gaza are aimed at destroying Hamas' armed capabilities and establishing security. However, Israelis, uh, Israel's blockade and attacks have accomplished neither. He criticized that all they have done is causing terrible suffering on the entire civilian population. Uh, the comments on the 9-11 terrorist attack on uh, the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and so forth uh, on U.S. soil uh, back in 2000 was September 11 of 2001 uh, is a it could be both interesting and a very controversial comment by the Israeli right. uh, ambassador. But I mean, that was, again, uh, the 9-11 terrorist attack is widely considered uh, one of the biggest, if not the worst, uh, terrorist attack mm-hmm. on U.S. soil, uh, which is why I think the uh, the comparison has been made here. But uh, one of the things that we have been watching is while the U.S. says there has been a number of Americans uh, who are part of the casualties there, uh, fortunately, amongst Koreans uh, in Israel, there has been no 
casualties reported so far. Nevertheless, uh, South Korea has issued a special travel travel advisory on Israel. Uh, Singyan, let's get more on this. Sure. The government issued a special travel advisory, and Korean Air, which conducts direct flights from Incheon to Tel Aviv, Israel, opted not to run flights on Monday. Uh, it has been determined that the Hamas strikes on Israel have not caused any harm to local Korean citizens. Uh, according to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, there are believed to be 360 tourists and 570 Korean nationals living in Israel, and uh, no damage to the Korean people have been reported. The foreign ministry further stated that it is advising uh, Koreans to seek a secure location and that it is best to leave the nation through a third country if possible. Given the local situation, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs issued, issued a special travel advisory of level 2.5 to regions within Israel, where it had previously recommended a level 2 warning. Due to heightened tensions, the Gaza Strip in Palestine has already been des designated as a level 4 travel prohibition region since last August. Park Jin, uh, Minister, Minister of Foreign Affairs, also presided over a combined headquarters embassy countermeasures meeting via video conference Sunday afternoon and requested efforts to, to develop a strategy to safeguard the safety of the citizens living in the country. Uh, meanwhile, Korean Air has canceled its trip to Incheon to Tel Aviv, Israel, which was set to depart on Monday. Uh, Korean Air stated that it will decide uh, whether to operate flights scheduled for Wednesday uh, based on the ongoing situation. However, in order to support the return of the local Korean residents, the flight to Incheon will be delayed by 15 hours after confirming the safety of the local airport today. Uh, Korean Air is the sole national airline to offer non-stop service on this route, which is operated three times a week from Incheon to Tel Aviv. Yeah, and uh, what's unfortunate with this is I believe it's only been, uh, it's it's not been too long mm -hmm. since Korean Air established this uh, direct flight route uh, from Incheon to Tel Aviv. And uh, unfortunately, things like this have happened. And I believe uh, Korean Air has mentioned that after Wednesday, nothing is confirmed. Mm -hmm. So they don't know when the flights are going to be resuming. In the meantime, we have other very concerning news. It really seems like this region has been uh, hit hard by a number of massive earthquakes. This time, uh, Afghanistan. We have Afghan authorities reporting that the death toll from the devastating 6.3 magnitude earthquake uh, over the weekend has increased to 2,445. Is That's at least 2,445. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that number is going to rise. Yungyan, uh, let's get the latest details over in Afghanistan. That's right, SJ. More than 2,400 people were killed in earthquakes in Afghanistan, according to the Reuters reports on the 8th local time. A, a spokesman from Afghanistan Disaster Ministry told Reuters that the death toll has risen to at least 2,445. Reuters revised down the number of injured to more than 2,000 from 9,000 240. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, a magnitude 6.3 earthquake hit northwest Afghanistan on the morning of the 7th, followed by eight aftershocks between magnitudes 4.3 and 6.3. The death toll might be on the rise as people are reportedly buried in the rubble of the building. 
The epicenter was 40 kilometers northwest of Herat, the capital of Herat province, and the depth of the epicenter was relatively shallow at 14 kilometers. Afghanistan is in a serious humanitarian crisis after foreign aid was suspended in August 2021 due to the re-establishment of the Islamic militant group Taliban. The Associated Press said it was one of the worst earthquakes in Afghanistan in 20 years. Abdul Wahid Rain, spokesman from the Information and Culture Ministry, said the death toll was higher than originally known and six villages were destroyed and hundreds of people were buried under the rubble of buildings. Again, that's the, the, the biggest concern out of all this. And we saw this uh, during the earlier earthquake in the border of Turkey and uh, Syria, right? And so right. because there was some sort of uh, diplomatic, uh, diplomatic alliance with at least Turkey, Turkey was getting a whole lot of support uh, from some of the other countries out there, whereas Syria has a very complicated government uh, where I believe th there's a dual government going on and it's largely uh, run by uh, militants in the region where it was hit. And so they weren't able to get any sort of support. And it's the same way with Afghanistan right now because it's a, a militant government run by the Taliban. You're, there's a right. very high likely case that uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of international support, and mm -hmm. especially because a lot of the areas are built uh, using uh, stones and rubbles and things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there should be uh, devastating uh, damage uh, to the country. But uh, we'll get some more updates on that front. Uh, let's move on to some domestic news for a change here. Uh, today is Hunger Day here in Korea. Uh, it's a national holiday commemorating uh, the invention and the proclamation of hunger, uh, the Korean language. A ceremony to celebrate Hunger Day was held today. Tell us more about this again. Sure. A celebration commemorating the 577th Hunger Day was conducted in Sejong with the theme of the strength of Hangul to tap into the future. This year's Hangul Day commem commemoration ceremony is being held in a city other than Seoul for the first time. Uh, in a congratula congratulatory address read by uh, Minister of Interior and Safety Lee Sang-min, Prime Minister Han Dok-su remarked that he expects Hangul to be the language that will lead the artificial intelligence era, saying Hangul is evaluated as the most suitable alphabet for the digital age, and that global companies are rushing to provide Korean language services and are jumping into building an AI environment based on the Korean language. The celebration began with a screening of a theme video containing the meaning of Hun Min Jong-um's creation and the excellence of the Korean alphabet. Hun Min Jong-um, uh, meaning correct sounds for the instruction of people, uh, Hun Min Jong-um is the 15th century historical document that introduced a script that became the Hangul script for writing the Korean language. Iginam, chairman of the Wanam Cultural Foundation, who has studied the method of writing the Indonesian Jia Jia tribe's language in Korean, and Professor Wang Esuk, who has introduced Hangul and Korean culture through academic books and lectures at uh, Brown University in the United States, and translator Kim Seok Ki, who has translated over 300 books and publicized the use of Hangul, received government awards in recognition of their contributions. Papin Hyunjun, a first-generation b-boy who took the stage for celebratory performance, used dance to represent King Sejong's sorrow during the de development of Hangul and his devotion for his people. 
The event ended with three cheers for the national independence, with all attendees waving the Taegukgi, the Korean national flag. Could didn't see the performance, but yeah. <laughs> I could imagine Papin Hyunjun, who <laughs> likes to make angles with his bodies while dancing, probably made the Korean alphabet. Uh, while he was dancing. Uh, but uh, let's move on to some uh, domestic politics issue because, I mean, speak about talking about tensions there. Uh, Yoongil, let's get the latest on uh, what's going on with a lot of these uh, confirmation hearings, not to mention we had uh, the uh, rejection motion for the chief justice uh, position as well. What's the latest on this? Yes, SJ. So the confrontation between the ruling and opposition parties over the presidential personal appointment in Yoon's government is intensifying. Following the opposition party's rejection of the motion to appoint Lee Kyun-yong as Supreme Court Chief Justice, President Yoon pushed ahead with the appointment of Shin Won-sik as Minister of National Defense and Yoo In-chon as Culture, Sports and Tourism. In addition, as the hearing on Kim Heng, the nominee for Minister of Gender Equality and Family, has been struggling, the confrontation between the ruling and opposition parties is expected to continue throughout the regular National Assembly. According to political circles, on the 8th, President Yoon approved the appointment of Minister Shin and Minister Yu the previous day on the 7th. In the case of Minister Shin, the National Assembly appointed him without adopting a personal hearing report, and this is the 18th case in the government to be appointed without the adoption of the report. On the afternoon of the 6th, the presidential office pushed ahead with the appointment a day after the rejection on candidate Lee. Uh, the ruling party said it was a strong expression of government's will to work properly by preventing further gaps and responding quickly to severe international situations. But the opposition party protested and called it as the president's arrogance and lack of communication. Candidate Kim's hearing, which took place on the 5th, has been crippled since Mr. Kim's exit. The Democratic Party member in the Ministry of Gender Equality and Family said that they are not in the stage of discussing the adoption of the report because they have not completed candidate Kim's hearing. He said that they are waiting for the candidate Kim and the president's office. Under these circumstances, opposition parties are expected to react strongly against President Yoon if he pushes ahead with the appointment of candidate Kim. The opposition party is also criticizing Minister Han Dong-hun, who oversees the personal information management team under the Ministry of Justice, over the continued personal disaster. After the dismissal of Lee Jae-myung's arrest warrant, the Democratic Party of Korea openly demanded Han's dismissal, dismissal, and the confrontation is expected to be fierce as impeachment on Han Dong-hun is also mentioned inside and outside the party. So this is where, again, I mean, uh, it's not surprising that President Yoon Suk-yeol is going to go with the confirmation despite uh, the massive opposition from uh, the Democratic Party of Korea. But uh, the big thing with this is, on the one side, people are saying, well, if President Yoon continues to do this, there are going to be a number of voters who are saying, well, you're not really listening to what the opposition is saying. There probably is a reason for why they're going very much against this. But on the flip side, they're also kind of going, I mean, the DP has been doing this for quite a while since mm -hmm. the start of the Yoon administration. Mm -hmm. And even if there is like a perfect candidate for whatever uh, cabinet member position, that they're just going to make up, you know, come up with uh, different excuses to reject their uh, uh, confirmation. And so 
all of this is going to impact that the voters are watching this. And now right. the, the biggest question out of this is, is this going to ultimately uh, help the DP or is it going to help more of the, uh, the PPP voters who are going, we're not liking what the DP has been doing, uh, kind of con uh, continuously uh, rejecting and blocking whatever the ruling party is trying to do. So, again, we've talked about the... Uh, you know, the, the, the gravity of next year's general elections and all of this is going to impact that nevertheless. Uh, we also have the final parliamentary audit of the 21st National Assembly. This is going to begin tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, 17 National Assembly Standing Committees will conduct a 24-day parliamentary audit until the 8th of next month. Uh, Singhan, let's get more on this. Sure. As of Monday, 791 institutions are subject to an audit, up eight from the previous year. The parliamentary the parliamentary audit, which will begin uh, with the vacancy of the Chief Justice of Supreme Court, is expected to heighten the level of friction between the ruling and opposition parties. Uh, because it will take place before the general elections in April of the next year, uh, confrontation between the ruling and opposition parties is unavoidable. The two parties are anticipated to dispute with each, each uh, standing committee, citing the responsibility of the previous administration and the present administration's judgment. Uh, at the SIC uh, Strategy and Finance Committee, the People Power Party plans to investigate the Moon Jae-in administration's manipu alleged manipulation of statistics, while the De Democratic Party plans to investigate suspicions about the Seoul Yangpyeong Expressway project related to First Lady Kim Gon-hee's family. Uh, in the Land, Infrastructure and Transport Committee, the DP is focusing on the Yangpyeong Expressway project, but the PPP is poised to highlight the Moon Jae-in administration's suspicions of uh, real estate price manipulation. Also, at the Foreign Affairs and Unification Committee, issues include the Moon Jae-in administration's forced repatriation of North Korean fishermen's uh, de defectors and the current government's response to the suspicion of wiretapping and wiretapping of the South Korean presidential office by U.S. intelligence agency. Uh, the ruling and opposition parties are already engaged in a tense fight over the issue, issue of witness adoption. Moreover, Japan's nuclear power plant wastewater issue is likely to be addressed by the number of standing committees, including pol political affairs, agriculture, food, maritime, and fisheries. Uh, moving on, uh, the issue of nuclear phase-out is expected to become an issue at the Trade, Industry, and Energy Committee, while electricity and gas rate increase is also expected to be discussed. Uh, the list uh, goes on. Uh, also at the Public Administration and Security Committee, the ruling and opposition parties are expected to engage in a fierce battle against uh, each audited agency, depending on the results of the Council Ward Mayor by-election. Also, uh, at the Gender Equality and Family Committee, uh, previous and current uh, governments will debate over responsibility for the failure of the Semangum World Jamboree. Yeah, the World Jamboree issue, the World Scout Jamboree issue, right? I think they were uh, mm -hmm. saying that there was going to be a uh, governmental investigation into who's clearly responsible for this, uh, but we haven't really heard anything mm -hmm. uh, ever since the closing of that. And maybe again, uh, at the uh, parliamentary audit, uh, we'll get, uh, hopefully we'll get some answers to that, right? right, right. Nevertheless, guys, uh, thank you very much for coming in on this hunger day. Uh, Singyan, welcome to our Korea Now team. Hope to uh, continue to see you here as well. Guys, thank you for your reports and uh, have a safe rest of your night.
Thank you. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.